the Kraken, a legendary sea monster of gigantic size, born in Scandinavian folklore. According to the sailors of yesteryear, the Kraken dwells off the coasts of Norway and Greenland, and now Seattle, terrorizing nearby sailors and soon skaters. In 2021, the National Hockey League will enter Washington State for the first time with the birth of the mighty Seattle Kraken! Anyways, the team is built by legendary player, general manager, Ron or Ronnie Francis. They begin playing this October in the Pacific Division. And guess what? They're going to be fodder here. Connor, they're going to score. Anyways, they will have a chance to further grow the legend of the mighty Kraken with a decent team built off the backs of the other 31 NHL teams. Tonight, we talk all things Kraken and hockey in this edition of Hockey Chirps with those Canadian lads with Erica of Locked On Kraken, a podcast dedicated to everything Kraken. So, with that being said, Let's get cracking and welcome to episode 38 of Those Canadian Lads with Jeff and Brad. Jeff, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Brad. Thank you very much. No, it's uh, it's great. Um, uh, obviously, we have an excellent opportunity to learn about the Kraken from somebody who's going to be covering the team for the year. You know, Erica was kind enough to agree to come join us on our podcast. So I, I'm looking really forward to learning about the Kraken and hearing what Erica's take on hockey is. Yeah, Erica has a fantastic background in not only hockey, but sports journalism. So it's going to be an awesome opportunity to uh, discuss, obviously, what's going on with the Kraken, but also uh, all things hockey in the United States. She's our first American guest, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the women's game as well. So uh, with that being said, uh, are you ready? I am ready. Let's learn. I said, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. You sound very energetic and excited to do this podcast. So let's get started. Erica's in the waiting room. So let's go. Welcome, Erica, from Locked On Kraken to those Canadian Lads podcast. It's Hockey Chirps Edition. We're going to be going through various teams, and we're going to start off with the new expansion, Seattle Kraken. Welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, it's great to be on here. Uh, you know, we're we're counting down the days here uh, as far as everyone who's following the Kraken. Uh, so it's exciting to be able to engage with with other fans of hockey, and uh, we're almost there. <laughs> well, you're uh, you're engaging with a fan base that's a bit nutty. Um, we're we're hardcore Edmonton Oilers fans. Just a heads up. Um, so uh, we're very passionate about our team, and uh, you've you've just stolen one of our players, Adam Larson. So. Thank you. Uh, as you follow the team and you'll be broadcasting and podcasting about the team. Thank you. Uh, and, and good luck with the Terminator. That's my nickname, the Swedish Terminator, Adam Larson. So. Oh, fantastic. Always. It's, it's nice to get to hear about these guys because I'm definitely an eye test person. So only met a handful of them when I was out for the expansion draft. So I'll take any few any nuggets that you have to get well, to know him a little bit. Jeff, you, you, I'll, well, let's get Jeff, my co-host in here. Jeff, why don't you provide a little bit of an explanation of who Adam Larson is and, and what he brings to the, uh, to the table? Well, 
I don't know. I video would do it more justice than me trying to explain it. But you got a obviously a big Swedish dude doesn't seem to care about carrying the puck up the ice, and he's just gonna lay the body down, which is always fun to watch. I like that type of hockey. So yeah, he's gonna be a good defensive mainstay for the Kraken going forward. That's something that Ron Francis really talks a lot about. Securing the middle is what he said. So uh, I don't know. You know, I, I think the Seattle Kraken might have a type, fellas. <laughs> you guys, uh, you guys have built uh, from the back end out, obviously with goaltending, defense, and then a scattering a few uh, decent forwards. I'm not going to say you have you know top end talent on the front, but before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about you and your podcast. Uh, you know, okay. Jeff, uh, maybe you want to jump in and let's. Uh, let's 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 dive in here yeah obviously so obviously you've launched the uh locked on kraken podcast and uh you've got to you just started that on july 1st i believe with a few episodes going gonna be at the training camp which is fantastic but i noticed that um you're a sports journalist yeah which, and that's always for somebody like who grows up loving sports um who wants to be an athlete, but sometimes just can't get to that level. You've moved into the dream job. So how did that come about? It came about really randomly, but it, it was through hockey. So uh, I was an athlete my whole life and did a lot of writing intensive study in university, but never really thought to put the two together. Uh, followed baseball's my my true love uh, of a sport that I follow most consistently. And I'm a Mets fan, not a Yankees nice. fan. Nice. That's a, oh. yeah. That's better than Yankees. That's better than Yankees. If I turn my camera, you see that I match the uh, motif here with the orange and blue. <laughs> <laughs> Real orange and blue. Real orange Let's and blue. Let's go. I've got a, a, my, my sheets and everything. But um, so I, um, big into sports, knew how to follow a fandom. My sister, I have two sisters, they're twins, but my sister, Jessie, in particular, least athletic of us all, like, <laughs> by a lot, right? Like, a lot. But she got into the Olympics, the, the hockey tournaments for the men's and women's side, which nice. 2014 was pretty solid. Uh, th those are two really good tournaments. And um, so then she's just following all of the players that she had just seen play in the Olympics. And on the women's side, there was just starting a women's league in the United States. There had been the CWHL at the time. Yeah. You know, long story short, we go to the first game. I see, you know, I knew like a little bit about hockey. Like I watched Mighty Ducks a few times. I probably <laughs> quote it. You know, I was like, I got this. I know, I know hockey things. And so we roll in there and I knew enough to know like in hockey, all right, like you got to stop the puck. Like, you know, put your body in front. I'm a big defense, like defense is my jam. Yeah. So I was focused on the defense. And I noticed that the away team had this player that was just like ripping these shots, right? These slab shots. And I'm like, holy crap, this sport is insane someone's supposed to step in front of that like what the heck is going on here and so from there we just we went to every game we started to get to know the players and from their opportunities people found out about my writing background they found out about my sports background i played sports in college not hockey uh but i played sports in in college and they're like ah just come on our podcast like do this and do that and i was like uh are you sure like i can just do that they're like, yeah don't worry about it it's just like just go there you know, do the reporting thing. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. But so, <laughs> but so yeah, it just kind of grew from there, taking my younger sister to hockey games. That's, that's... wild. That's wild. <laughs> I can't believe that. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. Like, obviously, like, you, you've, 
you've dove into uh, women's hockey. You obviously had the uh, Premier Hockey Federation uh, commissioner tie on, and uh, not your last podcast, the one previous. So um, there's obviously there's been a lot of great growth when it comes to the women's game. And you'd mentioned the Olympics, the, that Canada-U.S. rivalry, which have shown some fantastic games between the two countries. But obviously, you've, you fell in love with the game from that standpoint. So that's phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I had a good friend that I, I knew growing up. He was a Devils fan. And he'd be like, Erica, I know you're like so bummed when baseball season's over. He's like, you should get into hockey. I was like, I can't. I'm so, I'm so depressed. Been, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so depressed. The Mets have been out of it since April and now I've got nothing to do. He's like, no, like, I think you'd really like hockey. I, he and I laugh all the time because now I'm just doing all – he's like, I told you. I was like, all right, Dan, you got that. You got that. You know, we're, we're big sports guys. Like, so baseball, hockey, football, like, we're into it hardcore. But, you know, truly, obviously, it's in, it's bred in our blood, you know, coming from northern Canada, uh, that hockey is our favorite sport. But truly, in my opinion, you know, one of the fastest, hardest-hitting, you know, action-packed game. And I have a lot of friends in the United States, and, and they all talk about, you know, how they've kind of acclimatized to hockey uh, as you know one of their favorite sports as they've kind of you know seen the growth in the game not only in the, on the men's side but on the on the women's side specifically as well I'm a big proponent of of women's hockey I have a six-year-old little girl who's uh, starting her uh, her journey she's will be a third year in her hockey program and uh, oh, nice. we got to watch for the first time where she really got and she really enjoyed was the world championships that were just held in Calgary just a awesome. few weeks back ago when Canada uh, Marie Philippe Poulon. Yeah, that's my French oh. accent. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah that was a massive goal in overtime, of course. Yeah, heartbreaker yeah. for the Americans. But uh, you know, yeah. a serious question. So, you know, as the game develops, as the the female game develops, do you think there is room for uh, a professional league in the United States with financial backers to grow? that sport because I want a league for my daughter that yeah. she can look up to and see, I, I want to win that cup. I want to win that trophy. Yeah. I think the answer is yes. I think right now you're going through or women's hockey is going through growing pains and we've honestly seen it in every professional sport. It's just that on the men's side of things, you know, a lot of this drama happened a hundred years ago, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> like backdoor meetings and, you know, changing the name to NHL <laughs> to get the the one guy out and then you go and do your thing, you know? So like we've, we've seen this in sports before. Um, so yes, I do think, I think we're also seeing the, the tide shift a lot um, with things, the way things happen in, in media in particular. And so sports media having to be so fast paced, I think that that really is an opportunity to kind of move aside anyone that's kind of trying to be a little bit more of a gatekeeper like oh if you're gonna be an athlete you have to sound like this and look like that and yeah. most of the yeah. time that's a man so you know like getting rid of that um i mean things like podcasts and uh being able to stream and stuff like that is also showing that on the media side it's opening things up and so i think as that equals out in ncaa obviously in the united states we're starting to see also the revenue structure shift to be more Absolutely. equitable even for college players and 
the the trend i come from you know i'm in sports now but i come from like a you know business poli sci uh kind of uh background so we see that when when those spaces start to open up when you open up the market right then that's when the diversification comes in and we'll see what the next trend is and i think truly that women's sports across the board are going to find ways to get more sponsorship dollars in the ways that we traditionally see for sports but also in some new and innovative ways That'd be really cool because I, I know watching um, the last year they had their league kind of go into the bubble and uh, they were streaming it through Twitch, which does have a lot of viewers. But from a Canadian uh, point of view, watching it, you know, they really had to, in my opinion, maybe up their game from a broadcast level. And obviously that takes money and investment and things like that. But that was, for me, just a disappointment trying to tune in. And I remember one team had like a jersey over the bat where the coach stands hanging and i think it was representative of something i'm like you're blocking the ice you're blocking the ice <laughs> you know fix fix that somebody tear that jersey down so but anyways i, I digress like, but i know it's your fallen comrade but get it out of here <laughs> get it out of here <laughs> this is already my favorite podcast so jeff here we go eric's eric is coming on again so <laughs> yes Erica brought up a really excellent point. Like we, um, like we remember the days of like there was like six channels available to watch, and that's one of the reasons I think hockey was so big in Canada or is so big in Canada is because realistically on Saturday night there was nothing else to watch unless you went to the theater or anything like that. So now that that's expanded so much, and now it's not even cable; it's all online, it's all streaming. There's, it's not just the voices of those that are on TV or in print journalism. It's however you want to get your message out, and people find that, and that's allowing that avenue avenue to take place. Yeah, for sure. And I think hockey, baseball, also. I guess I just like these really like super traditional sports, but yeah. um, you know, I think that's where those two sports. But we'll stick to hockey. That that's where they have the most uh, room for growth is to figure out what that balance is. Because to your point, you do want a very professional look. I remember. Um, Gary Bettman, boo, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, boo, <laughs> boo. <laughs> I feel like, like when you say it, 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 like, didn't feel natural to leave that space there, so I had to, had to go for it. Thanks for um, feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> so when the commissioner, um, I, I, he was talking uh, about what the real turning point was while he was uh, commissioner, since he's been commissioner of the league. And one of the greatest things that I, that I think the, the guys ever said, to be honest, is that hockey changed when HDTV became a thing. Mm. Hockey is a sport that you have to be laser focused and you want to be laser focused, obviously, on the puck. And that's really hard with low quality. But as technology improves so too can the the experience uh, for all sports but hockey is one of those that everyone from you know your diehard you know keeps keeps the books and the stats type of fan to someone who's just coming in to have a you know have a few beers it improves when the quality of the picture improves and so 
I'm really curious to see what type of activations, you know, now we've got this augmented reality, you know, like Carolina's got a massive panther coming at you while you're watching a football game. That was so, rad, I by mean, the way. Yeah. That was wild. It was yeah. wild. Quite wild. Um, so, I mean, I don't know what that's going to look like, but uh, those are those are some of the ways that I think just the sport in general um, really has an opportunity. But it's it, are they going to take it? Because, again, a little bit more of a traditional sport, traditional market. I think they're starting to buck that a little bit. But I think there's a lot of people that would love to be a part of that conversation. Well, that's one thing about hockey is they rarely take risks. They rarely take risks in regards to how they promote their players. You know, people speaking out about, on like, Connor McDavid today just made comments about um, the refereeing in the playoffs. He didn't have a penalty drawn against him in the four games they played against the Winnipeg Jets. He, he finally made some comments about, you know, the rule book, rule book is there to be, you know, to be, to be refed and called on. And, um, you know, that might bite him in the ass uh, later, in the le- in, later in the year. But uh, um, having our star players speak out, especially star players, um, talk about uh, <laughs> about things that like, matter, like you know, proper refing, things like that, and um, elevating their star players. That's one thing you know mm-hmm. um, that doesn't happen in the NHL is the star players are are kind of muted. Um, their play is muted in the playoffs. You know, they're allowed to shine in the regular season, and then in the playoffs, the the game changes and everything is muted, and uh, it hurts the game. It really does because if you're going to grow a fan base in the United States. Uh, you need to see the best players, the Austin Matthews, the Connor McDavid's. Um, I'm not going to say there's any uh, talent on uh, Seattle yet because uh, we haven't seen them play. We, they have ebbs. They have ebbs. Come on. Yeah, but uh... <laughs> but I, I think I, I think also to your point though is like where the other leagues have had an evolution where the athletes have become personalities as well. Like we, you don't necessarily follow a team in the NBA, but you might follow a player like LeBron. Right. And the same goes with the NFL, where these players are now outspoken. They do get to express their point of views and get to speak to what they think is important. Whereas the NHL, maybe because of the structure of the league or that tradition that you were referencing, Erica, these players haven't really given their point of view on a lot of things. And when you get like an Austin Matthews who does speak out and you get a Jonathan Taze who does say something uh, about what social injustice is going on, we now see the personalities of these players and then you can get behind these guys as well. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think that's just where the market is headed because of social media. The advent of social media is so individual and basically any one of us could go viral, hopefully for not for something too crazy. (laughs) But I mean, you know, and and if, if, you know, one of us can do that, then imagine what someone that already has baked in that follower group can do. And so you're starting to even see sponsorships go more one to one to companies directly to the athlete or to the influencer. So uh, as as an organization and uh, that just seems to really want to <laughs> take as much control over revenue as possible, <laughs> I oh, yeah. think that they're going to have to, the NHL is going to have to to really figure that out. But some of that means putting that content in the hands of your players and having Absolutely. it come from the player directly to the fan. Yeah, enough canned speeches from the dressing room. Yeah, we've got pucks deep, you know. <laughs> Played hard exactly. game. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's get into this. We we've talked, uh, you know, a little bit. We got to know Erica a little bit. Let's talk about the Seattle Kraken. Uh, obviously, big day for them today in in Seattle. They the fans were able to go get their jerseys. 
uh, you yeah. know, to get put their names on the back and name on the front and go have some fun. Uh, uh, what do you see moving forward? Well, let's start with Ron Francis. Obviously, he's built the team. What do you think, uh, how good of a job has Ron done? Ronnie, Ronnie Francis. Ronnie done. Francis. You know, I was going there. <laughs> Ronnie Francis. The first thing is that I didn't realize, and I had to look this up just to like, you know, uh, do my due diligence as a journalist. But I was like, yo, this guy's Italian. He's. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I walk up. No, no lie. I walk up and, you know, I don't, I'd only ever interviewed him on Zoom or something. <clears throat> and so we're, we're at the expansion draft. And I was one of the first, like, people, you know, I got a jockey in position. Now, everyone, everyone on the beat's been amazing, actually. But, you know, so I'm, I'm middle of the pack. And he's walking up. I'm walking up. We both do one of these. I was like, Oh, wait a <laughs> this guy, this guy. So I had to put that out there. I was like, are, am I home? Am I in New York again? This is very familiar. It was like, you know, like, one of those. I was like, this guy's some, he's awesome. <laughs> hey, hey. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever been to New York, but you're from here. That's oh, all I know. That's yeah. all I know. You can just tell. I was like, of, oh, okay. Good luck. You so know what? Was, it resonates now after watching the the Netflix uh, documentary about the Dan Perry Danbury Thrashers in Connecticut. It's like, yeah. yes, because the gold chain that Ron Francis is wearing yes. during the expansion draft. And he's really always got, you know, his little. Yeah, yeah his it stood out to me. I'm like, hey, hey, hey exactly. Hey. You know, he's always got his shirt like a little bit unbuttoned, like not in an uncomfortable way, but he wants that chain to be out. Like. He played with those 80s Hartford Whalers, man. You, it, it, our coach Tippett from the Oilers, he had the yeah. stash, Ronnie Francis. Oh. That makes so sense now. Good. It adds up yeah, now. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, I, it tracks. It tra this is the type of journalism that I bring to my coverage no, of is, Seattle. This is what we love. We're going to be checking first this out all first, the time. First things first, the guy's Italian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're having way too much fun tonight. Oh, it's amazing. But so, uh, Erica, to, uh, yeah, to go the back team, to your The team, the team. Yeah, the team, the team. So, um... You know, I didn't get to see Ronnie Francis play, but heard heard about the guy. You know, he's 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 kind of good at the hockey. Um, but I think what what stood out is is also being able to track what he did in Carolina. And I have to give stick taps to Allison Lucan. Like myself, she's really into leadership development, and she kind of did track. Uh, Ron Francis and this team and there's a lot of leadership here I agree with what you guys were saying earlier I say it probably on every podcast not really sure how I feel about the forwards just yet yeah. uh, but Ronnie said he's going to build from the back I'm going to trust Ronnie you know, he's got the chain out. That's what you got to do. Hey, yeah. All right. He he made me a believer. <laughs> so, um, but but we'll see. I think that there is a solid leadership. Uh, that's what attracted me and gravitated me towards the Seattle Kraken. Um, and, and this is, you know, I, I, I was good on the women's side, international hockey. I was like, eh, NHL, you're kind of messy. I don't, I don't know if I want to deal with that. But, uh, <laughs> but seeing how this franchise is built, seeing what Ron Francis has been able to do, I was intrigued to see, again, that, that innovation that I think is coming in hockey. And Seattle definitely has that in spades when it comes to their leadership. I think that they have enough of that on paper on the ice. Now it's going to be a matter of – because I don't think they're 
they're not as talented as theoretically they could be on paper mm-hmm. coming out of the expansion draft and even looking at some of the moves that they did or even haven't yet or maybe won't make. Um, I think they could probably turn some of those defenders into a more dynamic forward. I'd like to see them do that. I was looking at uh, cap friendly. Uh, I think they're still, they have about eight mil to work with. So they could in theory pick something up, but I mean, we're, we're, we're close to time here. So I don't really know how that's going to work out. That's how I'd like to see them use some of that money. Um, but I think it's going to be a matter of, I, I get the sense that Ron and especially hiring Dave Haxtell as a head coach, I know he got a lot of slack for what he did or didn't do in Philly. Um, but I get the sense that, that they really want to build that character, that, that culture. They have a prototype in mind. I was saying, you know, like I was joking around, you know, Seattle has a type, but they do. And I think that we've seen that start to develop. It's going to be. I think, though, not as uh, – I think that, that he's going to work. Ron Francis and his team are really going to work this core group. It's all fun in games now, but I get the sense that they're really going to get down to business. I get the sense that Ron has an idea. His team has an idea of what they want in that first year so that they're exactly where they want to be in that third year. And I get the sense that they will be uh, aggressive when they have to be and cut things off you know, at the knees if it's not working and really push to get the performance that they're expecting. With uh, with Seattle, so obviously, you know, coming in as a, an expansion uh, team, you know, Jeff and I, we followed the NHL for a number of years. We saw, uh, you know, my first expansion team that I remember was the San Jose Sharks coming into the league. Mom mm-hmm. bought me a jersey. Uh, that lasted about a year because I was a big diehard <laughs> Oilers fan. I don't know why she bought us a San Jose <laughs> Shark jersey, but whatever, it, it happened. Uh, that being said, you know, they're, they're following the coattails of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, that's yeah. nice and all. They're a Cinderella story. What, what happened to them, um, you know, that doesn't happen to expansion teams every year. So, you know, hopefully the expectations of the fan base are, you know, that they're realistic, right? But that being said, you know, you do have, in my opinion, the best tandem in goal with Grubauer and Dreger uh, in the National Hockey League. You know, so right there is, you know, the, the, the basis of the wall that's being built up in Seattle is with the strength in goaltending. And then obviously when you talk about leadership, I can't believe I'm going to say this but because uh, he broke Connor McDavid's leg a couple of years ago, but Mark Giordano, um, uh, not, I'm not his biggest fan. Uh, he ruined a uh, fine dinner that I was having uh, with my wife uh, at the uh, local establishment. And I looked up and I'm like, oh, why is Connor McDavid uh, laying on the ice at the last uh, game of the year? And uh, that was bad news. So anyways, uh, good luck with Mark. But uh, having some leadership and then, you know, having a good uh, basis, you know, with uh, Jesse uh, Oleniak, I think his sister is the uh, Olympics. Olesiak, yeah. Sister's the big swimmer in Canada. She's more famous than him. Anyway, but uh, um, (laughs) I digress. And then, uh, you know, also on defense, Adam Larson, who's a shutdown guy. So you guys have a good core base in Seattle from the back end in the goal. Uh, and like we talked about the Fords, you know, just you don't have the superstar type talent, but you have good grinder type players. And I'll throw Jordan yeah. Everly out there uh, because he was obviously one of our faves, you know, in Edmonton for a number of years. But uh, <laughs> I know Jeff's dying to jump in here. <laughs> no, no, no. Keep going. Oh, yeah. Keep I'll just going. keep talking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I think once again, you look at the players that are on the team. A lot of them have held, held C's and A's on other teams. It's that building from the leadership out. And I think, like, what happened in Vegas was such a rarity. Like, no expansion team has done that before. Let's face it, established teams like Buffalo, like Edmonton, don't do jack. 
we just lose. So it's it, it takes a lot to go on that. But but you look at you'd mentioned cap friendly. You look at their salary cap structure, and realistically, no player is going to really submarine them at any point in time when it comes to it. So if they need to jettison somebody, it's not like another team's going to be like, I can't accept that contract. So we will be able to move on and possibly build from the team that way. And you're in the yeah. weakest division in the National Hockey League, so. Both of those things, yes. Uh, both of those things we've definitely mentioned. Um, and again, Allison is the one that really brought that to light. And we were talking on the podcast, Allison, Lucan, and I, about it's really that staggered approach. So as you said, you know, it's uh, you, you swap out this uh, and, and then you know by next year or in three years that you need it again. Um, and no one's, you know, hitting that max at the same time and then you run out of money. <clears throat> um, so, yeah. And I think also the only thing I'd add to, to what we were just talking about is that i don't get the sense that seattle is chasing vegas i think the storyline is that seattle is probably going to well they're they're inevitably inevitably going to be compared to vegas but i think seattle's chasing seattle i think they really are holding on to the fact that the seattle team was the first american team to win a stanley cup and that is a driving factor to be the franchise that sooner rather than later brings another stanley cup to seattle the Metropolitan's beautiful. That's it. Good Metropolitan's yeah. reference on the podcast. You no, know, like I had it. to. I told yeah. you I'm a Mets fan. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe they didn't go with that name, by the way. I think it would have been crazy. Smart, I mean, but. I get it. I would have been a happy camper for sure. But also, yeah. I feel like I'd have been like, hey, guy. Hey. What's going on? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> relax. Relax. We've been here. We, we got here first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously you want to build. They want to build their own identity too, and like the the city is going to embrace them. They see it's a good sports city, um, and obviously I would have preferred the Sonics, but I would rather see a basketball team take that name back. So, but like they did it. But even like how how they engage the community. You said you were at the expansion draft. You know they had Sean Kemp and Gary Payton out there bringing the players on. It's like that's full embracing of what the history of the sports in that city truly is. Absolutely. Again, one of the things that I've really enjoyed uh, covering the Seattle team, I actually got to do some freelancing with them when they were NHL Seattle, but that was one of the things that that really stood out to me. It's not just the players and and paying uh, respect and and homage to a lot of that sports history, but it's also knowing the cultural history, knowing that the Pacific Northwest, just as a region, has a lot of really unique history, and they're weaving that in in ways that are, I think, already paying dividends when it comes to what we were talking about earlier, knowing that there is a new type of hockey fan that's kind of curious and intrigued, and, and now's the time to strike and, and really get them to, to fall in love with a whole concept, and I think that's what Seattle has done. Now, what will it look like on the ice? That's what I'm <laughs> dying to know. I am an eye test person, so I'm chomping at the bit to get out to Seattle to see the guys hit the ice. I know that the team has has been doing, you know, just just some players only stuff. Nothing official with Haxtell yet, but uh, soon enough they'll have their official training camp and their first official practice is going to be, as I alluded to, something new for Dave as well. He's definitely got something to prove. The whole, like everything for Seattle has themes. You know, it's like you can tell Jerry Bruckenheimer is a part of this because everything's like movie plot. This we, 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 we're cracking. I can't wait <laughs> for their the, opening night. Yeah. 
yeah, opening nights can be insane. wild. Yeah, you know, they're going to have to pass out tissues because we yeah. just saw like a 20-second a, a drama, you know, that we're like freaking out. Ben it's Affleck like, oh, coming from God. the asteroid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like Armageddon everyone in their seat crying, you know, yeah, like yeah. what the heck? Exactly. <laughs> it's just like going to be so wild. Everything's so dramatic. But I think it kind of, again, they're playing it up. Uh, there's as much as I do think uh, Ron wants to be pretty serious about hockey. I think that there are enough people in the organization that are also just trying to lift this and make this just a fun experience for everyone. Do you think Vancouver is going to be their their rival? they're already billing it as such and again that goes back to the history of the metropolitans as well so um i think that's playing them in the preseason obviously geographically that makes a lot of sense and we still unfortunately are dealing with covid but i think uh yeah that that's definitely being built in and of course you've got the miners system there as well so these areas maybe not at the nhl level but for quite some time have uh you know been been hitting the ice against each other well let me tell you this wait wait till you meet that vancouver canucks fan base if you think oiler fans are bad (laughs) wait till you meet the canuck fan base oh boy (laughs) i don't know i i gotta i i'll be honest i think the oilers fan base is probably the worst (laughs) you can't knock yourself what are you doing i you go to enough games and you're like these people are animals. Yeah, you did, like, fall, I know I'm you did follow those seats at one time. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you get injured at the hockey game, that's when you know it's bad. That's oh, yeah. when you know it's real. <laughs> that's, when you, that's when you know to put down the IPA. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, okay. So, we've, we've touched on all the key points. I got a question about you, especially somebody from the States. You're our first guest from the United States of America. Oh, so, hey, look yeah, at that. Yeah, I got to touch on that on those Canadian lads. We do have a few... Uh, uh, you listeners in Virginia, which really scares us because we think it's the CIA, but uh, I don't know why they'd be listening to us. But anyways, um, they haven't reached out to us yet. So when we keep asking them to, but anyways, uh, talking about broadcasting. So ESPN and TNT are taking over for uh, the broadcast uh, rights for the National Hockey League in 2021. Um, what are your thoughts? Because I obviously saw Stephen A. Smith doing some... Uh, doing some shots on ESPN a couple, a couple months ago uh, during the expansion draft stuff. And then when they announced it, but what are your, what are your first thoughts uh, of what you're going to be getting in the States from a broadcast point of view with ESPN with, uh, with TNT? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I think just from the announcements and even the people that we see on each of the lineups, I get the sense that ESPN is kind of leaning into this, right? Nice. I think they want to to be fun. I think they want to have the opportunity to bring in some different voices while also having some just really solid people that we know no hockey and uh so i think they're kind of having fun with it i think they see an opportunity here i think they to a lot of the things that we were hitting on earlier i i think that they, we've already seen them do a lot more activations with emily kaplan as an example so fantastic um, reporter yeah yeah absolutely yeah. i mean uh blake bolden anyone who listens to like anything that i say about hockey for like two seconds knows that i absolutely love blake bolden and so she's joining up with espn they also have hillary knight who of course was crushing it at worlds uh now has passed Camry Granado, who's a part of the Seattle Kraken when it comes to international goals scored at the Women's Worlds. So there's a lot of, of really cool stuff. I've heard that, and that goes back to this traditionalist kind of thinking, but, you know, people don't like that Stephen A. 
is essentially being himself, but yeah. just now bringing it to hockey. I mean, you know, like he's not going to change for hockey like that. You no. Forget about it. Like that's not going to happen. Um, so, I mean, I know that some people, I mean, I don't know. He's like Stephen A. Smith's style or what he yeah. says, heck to the no, but I, <laughs> but you know, that's, that's, but he's him. He's himself the whole time. I don't expect him to change. So I don't know, you know, fans might have to adjust there. When it comes to TNT, it was interesting that their announcement, you know, took them so tight and close, in my opinion, to uh, the preseason. But um, <clears throat> I think not as much diversity. That was a one thing I certainly noticed as someone who is a diverse broadcaster. Um, some of the, the old guard really there. And then, of course, you know... I don't usually say this outlet very often, but Barstool brings with it a lot of heat. Yep. And uh, I think rightfully so in, in some areas. The rest of it is just kind of, you know, fans being fans. But, um, you know, some of the things, though, on the serious side of that um, kind of are, are reminiscent of why certain groups, historically speaking, um, and generally speaking, have not felt as comfortable in the hockey space. So it was a little interesting to see that TNT, who obviously has, you know, a really great asset in that they cover the NBA, which oh, alongside yeah. the WNBA are one of the more progressive and inclusive and diverse leagues. It was interesting to see them not necessarily lean into what I thought was going to be. I feel they went really safe. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. definitely went safe. They didn't lean yeah. into their identity. They leaned into hockey. So that was a little bit different. The, the, the NBA on TNT, in my opinion, and I do watch it every once in a while when we do get it uh, streamed up here through TSN. Uh, you know, it's fun. It's dynamic. You know, they, 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 they don't take themselves seriously. And that's what the, ho in, in the NHL needs. And I'm really surprised that um, they went down the road. Even, uh, you know, I know Jeff's wearing Superfan 99 Wayne Gretzky jersey right now. But, uh, but I'm so surprised they put Wayne Gretzky on the panel. He is a terrible speaker. He is a that is true. he is a terrible speaker, and th that's sacrilege. There's a Wayne Gretzky '99 jersey <laughs> signed right over there, and I'm a fan. I grew up watching Wayne Gretzky. I got to experience five Stanley Cups, the whole bit. But Wayne Gretzky should not be talking about the game, you know, every night on TNT. Where they honestly, this is where they should have they should have put some comedic genius on the panel who has some hockey background. I know everybody's not the biggest fan of Bill Burr, but Bill Burr does <laughs> like hockey and could you imagine him on the panel? You know, that'd yeah. be a pretty interesting night to watch. I agree with you. Love to see uh Wayne and, and company light it up on the ice. Uh not so great in yeah. front of the mic. Yeah. But I think people uh, are going to turn it off. People are going to turn. Yeah, off. I think I think it's going to be interesting to see. I agree with you. I don't know that there's enough a difference in personality. Someone that's just going to be like, bam, you know, like emerald yeah. it up for them. <laughs> uh, so uh, I don't know. I, we'll see. Uh, I know that they have some people, I guess, that are you know, kind of uh, their their scratches, if you will, <laughs> that they yeah. can kind of bring in. It's like, oh, oh, we need this. Like, bring them in. So you know, I don't know. But uh, so we'll see how that works out. Well, I th honestly, I, from my opinion, it's almost like they're going CBC. So Hockey Night in Canada, the whole bit. It's the vanilla broadcast uh, of the night. Um, you yeah. know, at the end of the day, you turn it on just to watch the, the good old Saturday night game, right? Like you watch Hockey <laughs> Night in Canada. The colorful piece was obviously Don Cherry. I don't know if you got a chance to experience old Don, but probably a good reason he's Ooh, off the air. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, but uh, well, I'll let jo Jeff jump in here. No, he and, I, and I think you hit the nail on the head. They yeah. almost went after the CBC blueprint from 
30 years ago from yeah. it's just like listen we're gonna talk hockey it's gonna be mundane it's gonna be vanilla and that's not really what anyone's after anymore and quite frankly too like you brought up emily kaplan earlier like Obviously, when ESPN made the announcement that they were partnering with the NHL, I don't know if you watch Around the Horn or Pardon the Interruption, but on Around the Horn, all of a sudden she became a mainstay, which like I was happy as hell to see because I was like, this is who you need talking hockey. Because other than, I think, Wyshynski, they didn't really have any talent that was willing to go out there and talk about it. And Emily Kaplan's a little bit more fun to listen to and a little bit more dynamic than Greg Wyshynski. Yeah, people so just want like, to punch Greg in the face, especially in our fan base, because he just loves to goad us. He's a troll yeah. for the Edmonton fan base. Just watch <laughs> on Twitter. He just loves lighting us up. It's awesome. So. But, oh, but, fantastic. But, but TNT did drop the ball on that. They oh, they yeah. could have had a dynamic group, and I know they I know like they got a few guys from NBC, took a few guys from other places, and like, but and I I love Anson Carter as a former Oiler, but like at the same time, he's like he's not really that dynamic on the mic either. So it's like I think that, I think they will make adjustments as time goes on, and I think they'll have to. I think the player that really is gonna you know garner huge broadcasting dollars is gonna be PK. When PK retires, <laughs> that guy is going to be an NHL media mogul. He's going to be hot, hotly sought after. So yeah, absolutely should be for sure. <laughs> yeah, PK. Well, yeah, and I think he's he's the beginning of that. What we were talking about earlier, players showing their personality, yeah. and it's going to be a PK Subban. It's going to be an Austin Matthews. It's going to be those guys who finally set, got to say what they wanted to and didn't care about the repercussions of what the NHL may or may not have thought about it. Exactly. Yeah, I think PK is a great example. You're also seeing, I mean, you know, Connor Carrick now has come over to uh, the Seattle Kraken. You see a lot of guys doing their own podcasts and stuff. So I I think it'll be uh, really interesting to see. And I'm not saying that I want anyone to retire before they're ready. But uh, I think that, you know, that that type of player that is having a different type of interaction with media on their end personally, but also just with media members is going to be really fun to see. Oh yeah, the more the more energy, the more you know, comedy too. Like bring comedy to the sport. Like <laughs> I'm tired of just you know. The last comedy we had was Wayne Gretzky on Saturday Night Live, and that was a waste of time, you know. But as a kid, you're all excited. It's like Gretz, Gretz is on SNL, ah, and then you're like, that was pretty Ooh, shitty. So <laughs> not really that funny, are you? <laughs> no, he's not. No, <laughs> enjoy on TNT. Listeners of TNT, enjoy. So Eric. Erica, I want to thank you for coming on the pod tonight. We really enjoyed this tonight. Um, how do people reach out and, uh, and, and, and get in touch with you, uh, listen to your, your work? Where are you located and how can they sure thing yeah well first of all thank you both for having me on this was a lot of fun i said you know i felt right at home with the color scheme you know so that that (laughs) was good to go but uh yeah you can find me of course uh we're right now still on our off season so we're three times a week over at locked on kraken and it's the same on all social media at locked on kraken all one word kraken with a k don't forget about that and um me personally you can find me on social media at elinzy08 that's where i have a lot of my work. I'm a freelancer, so I do a lot of work even outside of hockey, all kinds of different places, but everything elinzy 8 that's where you can find me. And I'm excited. Uh, as I mentioned, I'll be out there for uh, training camp and preseason in Seattle. I'm originally based in New York. Hey, you know, hey. uh, that's that's how I knew. I was like, that guy's Italian. He's just one of those. You know, it was like we we had like a whole conversation and just a nod. It was fantastic. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, that's uh, that's going to be exciting. Get to see this team together on the ice. Really get to see the philosophy of the team grow. So if any of that is interesting to you, definitely uh, stay locked on Kraken. 
Well, you know what? Before, We're going to be... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. I was going to say, before we let Erica go, though, I do have to give her props on something I would have never expected on a hockey a podcast or broadcast. A FUBU reference. <laughs> and I was like... I was like... Honestly, I was sitting at work. I turned to my chair. I'm like, FUBU still exists? I couldn't believe it. But no, I, nice. I had a great laugh of that. That's the only time it's ever probably been uttered on a hockey podcast. Congratulations, Erica. Thank you so much. You see, I, I go for I go for the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> How is that low-hanging fruit? I haven't seen that in 20 years. Yeah. I'm telling you, I, I, I go for the deep cuts. Deep cuts. <laughs> well... On, on that note, Jeff bringing up FUBU, thank you for joining us on those Canadian Lads podcasts. This is episode 38. We are excited to review the Pacific Division this year and dig into what hopefully is the Canadian uh, Cup coming home with those Edmonton Oilers, Connor McDavid, Leon, Neon, Dreisaitl, and the boys. So uh, very excited to have you on tonight. Uh, Jeff and I, thank you. And we will be following all your stuff this year and excited to uh, uh, watch uh, Locked on Kraken. And you can get that on YouTube, right? Spotify, Yes, absolutely. Apple. Yep. Yeah. Once we go back to five days, we're going to integrate fully on YouTube as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you again, Erica. And listeners, enjoy. You're going to love this podcast. I know we enjoyed bringing it to you. So good night. Thanks, Erica. Thank you. Thanks.